welcome to the Self Project Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Martin. I'm a transformation and human design guide who is passionate about guiding women to be the most authentic versions of themselves. This podcast is all about self-discovery, self-empowerment, wellness, healing, parenting, mental health, spirituality, you name it, we're going to talk about it. This podcast and this space is all about helping you along on your own self-project journey. So welcome. Let's sit back and we'll dive right in today. Okay, okay. Quick detour. Before we actually dive into the show today, I wanted to ask you a very important question. Do you feel like your current environment supports you? What do I mean by that? Think about the environment that you spend the most time in. Is it at home, at work, in the car? And is it set up in a way that's unique to you and in a way that's going to boost your mood and in a way that's going to make you feel really good and just really aligned? Did you even know that you have an ideal environment that is unique to you? Uh, We can find this information by looking at your human design chart. And then you get to come on over to my upcoming workshop to learn more about how you can organize your current environment just to help you thrive. You can get the link down in the show notes to come over and register and learn more about how not only for yourself can you create this environment, but also for your children for your partner, how you can create multiple environments for everybody to thrive within the same space. So I hope to see you over there. And now we're going to dive into our show today. Welcome back to the episode today. I am so excited to be able to have on with us today, Susanna Lobier. And Susanna is a natural mystic, a healing artist, and an alchemical creator. And I'm really excited to be able just to hear more of your story and uh, hear more about what you do, what you create, how you're helping others to, um, you know, just shift and heal. And so if you did not mind, Susanna, will you just give us an introduction to yourself and just share a little bit more about yourself with us? Uh, Hi, and thank you so much for having me on. I'm so inspired and excited to be here. Um, I would love to start just by saying that first and foremost, I am a healer and I am an an artist. And those things kind of exist as um, two strong pillars of me. And as a person who has studied acupuncture and massage and made that into my primary career path, I um, have been navigating that for the last 15 years and have come to a place where, thank you to coronavirus, I have come to a place where I have been able to kind of expand my awareness of self around my creations as a potter and jeweler, because I have been a potter and jeweler also for many years. And it was always kind of a what they like to call a side hustle. And I was focusing on my healing work, doing acupuncture and massage, but I hadn't really put a lot of energy or intention into sharing 
my pottery and jewelry creations. And I came to realize with a little bit more free time and less focus on my acupuncture practice in the last year, I came to realize that the pottery and jewelry that I create is really an extension of my healing work. So I've come to a much more integrated path and have realized that my creative life is not just pottery and jewelry, but it's also acupuncture. And I also play music, by the way. Um, so, so really it's all an expression of one energy and it's an energy that I really want to share in as many ways as possible. Um, so I'm very excited to be able to come to more of an integrated path where instead of wearing eight different hats at once, I actually have one hat that has many different facets, if you will, like a, like a beautiful gemstone with a lot of different facets. Oh my gosh. I love that because, um, I feel much the same way as you, like I was sharing a little before the show of all these different things that we're passionate about, all these pieces of us, um, and being able to integrate it together, you know, and they exist separately because I'm much the same way, you know, like, Oh, I have this over here that I'm known for, but over here I'm known for this. And over here I have like this group of, you know, this going on, but being able to integrate all those pieces of you together, I think is amazing. And it also is, um, uh, it, it allows for this like unique transformation because you're bringing together all of these, um, you know, tools, skills, these pieces of you, these gifts, and it allows for just this really unique transformation. So, and I'm, I hope we get to dive more into that on, you know, some of the unique things that you do, but what I really want to know is, so have you been creating your whole life? Would you say that, have you been doing pottery your whole life? How did you first get into that? Well, I have been creating my whole life, like ever since I was a young child, I have just been that like hands-on art. Like I've wanted to like make things with my hands and also felt really hands-on with like wanting to give people back rubs and stuff, like being able to really feel like a super strong sensitivity towards where people were at and like you know, meeting someone for the first time and just seeing their shoulders in a certain position. And just my hands would like literally automatically want to like grab onto their shoulders, start, you know, even if I didn't know them. And of course I respect, you know, I wasn't like, I don't know you, but I'm going to come put my hands on you, but more just like feeling that, um, like strong intuition that is connected with my hands. Um, and then my journey with clay started 20 years ago, um, actually very interesting through a study of the traditional Japanese tea ceremony. I um, had the wonderful good fortune of being able to study at this amazing school for tea in New York City called Ura Senke. And it's a very traditional Japanese. A lot of our lessons were actually taught in Japanese, which I don't speak. So I got to just like sit in this beautiful tea room and just listen to Japanese. But I watched what was happening and learned a lot about the art of tea. And the essence of the art of tea is just about connecting to the present moment, feeling a sense of gratitude, feeling a sense of connection with nature, feeling a sense of like humility, but also like the grandness of life and just really like the most beautiful and powerful kind of, and it is very strict. It is a very strict and kind of choreographed ceremony for those listeners who are familiar with Japanese tea ceremony. It is quite um, structured, but there is this beautiful freedom within the structure that allows you to really just be so focused in the present moment in the most powerful way. Um, and the tea is a symbol for that. And as I was um, practicing tea in this beautiful school, which I must say quickly, 
is like right in the middle of New York City and Manhattan. And it's in the craziest, craziest bustle place. And you just ring a doorbell and they open up the door and you're inside like Japan, like 300 years ago. Like you are, there's like tatami mats, like those beautiful reed mats. There are scrolls, people are dressed in these like kimonos. And like, I mean, it's just a magical place. So I went, I'm in my early twenties. I go into this place and I just experience like the art of tea and the ceramics, like the bowl, like you drink tea out of this beautiful bowl and like holding these bowls and just dropping into this deep state of peace and connection inspired me to want to study pottery. I had never really felt so drawn towards it before, but right in those moments in the tea room, I just thought I need to start creating these vessels. So that kind of brought me into um, the world of ceramics and working with pottery. And now 20 years later, I'm out here in Oregon and I have the wonderful, wonderful connection with um, the Japanese art of pottery through the type of pottery I do, which is called anagama. It is a special Japanese style technique that uses a giant kiln and fire with wood. So we don't put we don't put our pots in an electric kiln and program it. We actually put them into a wood kiln and it goes for four full days and nights of continuous stoking of the kiln. And the thing about that is that it decorates the surfaces of the pot with ash. So anyway, that was a long, a long answer, but I just feel so passionately about it. I wanted to share that because it was a really unique journey I feel like I have with, with ceramics and tea. Yes. I love that you shared that. So, um, cause over here, I'm just like totally entranced with listening because I've never heard of this before. So I, I'm interested to go, you know, look more into it. But one thing that I picked up on while you were speaking was you, you know, talked about creating pottery and then you, you use the word creating vessels. So I just thought that that, that, that piece of word right there, you know, that wording right there is so important because, you know, you think of, pottery and we think, oh, you're just creating maybe like cups, plates, bowls, you know, it's something like that, but you, it's so much more than that. Creating vessels. Do you want to kind of expand on that? Like what, what's it a vessel for? Like, well that, yeah, that is a really, that's a beautiful reflection. And I think, you know, coming back to the spirit of tea, um, when you have these, like a tea bowl, it is the vessel for the spirit of nature and the spirit of gratitude and the spirit of connection. And I feel like all of those things are very intrinsically tied to our humanness and the, like our ancient connection to like the continuum and the paradigm of like being a human that goes back for like hundreds of thousands of years. And so when I think about, what I create, I always have that intention of, of bringing those connections and like having those, having the vessels that I make hold that spirit for others. So even if it's just like a coffee mug, my intention in creating that coffee mug and all the spirit and energy that goes into that coffee, coffee mug, then would facilitate that experience for the person that buys the mug that they would be able to like sit with the mug and have that morning coffee be a way of connecting with spirit and connecting with gratitude and connecting with joy and connecting with presence and just having it be like a, a vessel of transformation really oh, wow that's so powerful 
like, where do we sign up to buy one of these? (laughs) (laughs) We'll talk about that. Um, You have the pottery now. And then, like you said, you have the acupuncture over here that you were doing, you know, the healing, the hands-on it transferred into the pottery. So now how have you found, have you found a way now to bring these things together? I, I feel like on one level there is, I want another passion of mine, um, I should say also is, is baking. And I've been a baker. I've worked as a professional baker, worked with bread and sourdough and all of that. And that was like a previous life. I actually did work as a professional baker. But I would say if you think about clay and you think about bread and you think about body work, you know, there's something about there's like a tactile, sensual, like deep connection with, you know, my hands. Um, and the energy that is expressed through my hands is, you know, there's a certain level of skill in developing a sensitivity in your hands. And just, you know, when I need bread, I feel like I'm wedging clay or I'm centering clay. And when I like work on a person's shoulders, you know, it's like the same energy. And it has a lot to do with listening with your hands. It has a lot to do with, you know, it's not just like acting on something. Like when I put a lump of clay on the wheel, I'm not like, just like, I'm going to make this clay into a bowl. I really tried to like ask the clay with my hands what it wants to be. And I try to just pull that out of the clay. I try to create a form that, and it's not like I can't just like design something and make it. It's much more of like a feeling of sensitivity towards the material. I feel the same way with the bread. Like I try to listen to the feedback of what the dough, like, do I want to need this dough more or stop? And when I'm working on someone's shoulders, I just kind of try to like listen to their shoulders with my thumbs and just kind of find those spots and like allow them to release and create space for that. So I feel like, you know, those three things are those three different types of modes are actually the same mode. And like when I'm practicing one, it kind of informs and and works with the other. Wow. I love, I love how you explain that, that it's just, it's really intuitive it's so like intuitive and connected. And um, I see too, like you have a gift with your hands. You also said you're a musician, right? Mm -hmm. I, um, I primarily play violin. I love to improvise. I, um, I fell in love with music at an early, well, I was a teenager and I actually, I started doing yoga when I was like 12 or 13. And through my yoga teacher, I um, ended up going to an ashram and at the ashram, I met my music teacher. I started studying in classical music on the violin. So, you know, the Indian classical music system is very, you know, it's very connected to sacred music and um, learning all of the like classical Indian ragas and scales and like exercises. It was just really, I would say like a mystical and devotional experience and it really just drew me and I had learned the violin like in school and I never was fully I did not fall in love with it but when I got into the ashram and started playing Indian music it just completely it was like transformational and ever since I mean you know that was a long time ago and now I feel like I just learned to allow the music to move through me and to kind of be a channel that's another thing that I think it is is just like as a creative person, you know, and we're all creative, whether we know it or not, but it's all about just listening and channeling, just like listening to what's 
there and it moved through. So, you know, the, the music piece came to me uh, through this ashram and, and finding an amazing teacher who was actually a master of classical Indian music uh, from India. And he pretty much in, in invited me to be part of his musical family. And I feel emotional. He actually passed away about a year ago. And it was very important. I have like a very deep connection with this person who really just kind of brought me into the world of music in such a beautiful way. So, so anyway, that's, and I still play. I play a lot. And that's a beautiful tribute to him. Um, and Wow. So incredible. So I, I see all these pieces coming together, you know, as you're sharing all these things that you love, I'm like, it's all about, um, you know, this creation and this energy that's, that's moving through you. And like you said, like this gift with your hands, like for music, for creation, for healing. So I just, I, I love the way that you're sharing these pieces with us and then we're able to like tie it back together. Um, so I know that also, not only are you a healing artist, but you're really big on also uh, mindfulness, right? Bringing mindfulness into your life and into your healing and into all of your practices. So, um, you know, how does, how does art and, and healing kind of play into that? Like, do you use your art as a mindfulness practice? Do you have any Absolutely. Um, I, I'd like to just kind of reflect a little bit further on the listening idea because I love I love the concept of listening as both an active and a passive experience because there's the passive aspect. You're you're taking in something. You're taking in, you know, if you're talking just strictly about sound, you're taking in a sound or an auditory experience, but you're also doing that in an active way by actually actively listening. You are really creating space for that experience to really permeate and so that you can really understand and reflect. Um, and I kind of take that idea of listening and expand it into all the different aspects of who I am and what I do and how I work. So again, when I'm working, doing body work, I'm listening with my hands and I'm really holding space for that as a creative practice. When I go to work with clay, I'm listening again. I'm trying to like really tune in to ask what is this clay? Like, what does it want to be? How does it want to express? What is the most exalted form that this clay could take? And I think that really translates into like every aspect. And that is definitely one of my roles as a wellness practitioner, as well as I'm always working with my patients to empower them to learn to listen to their bodies, to learn to listen, like as a practice, just to have that listening practice to check in, to stop and to like take in this information in a way that is both passive and active in a way that is just kind of holding space for that information. And again, this is like definitely also coming out of mindfulness practice where you're not judging or getting emotionally attached or involved or like getting too caught up in what it is, but just just listening and just being open to whatever comes and also trusting that intuition piece where something you might not expect might come up as you're listening. Um, and you might just say, you might discount it because it's unexpected, but through art has a lot to do with being really open to whatever comes up and then really just responding to that. 
Mm, I love that. I um, I love that you say that you kind of ask your clay, how do you want to express yourself? And then the expression that you get, do you, do you notice, um, is your creation kind of coming from maybe like your own higher self or does it have its like own essence and consciousness? Like, do you kind of notice like what you're creating is coming from like where you're at, you know, emotionally or spiritually or whatever, or does that question make sense? Yes, it does. <laughs> okay. I mean, I really, I believe it's a dance between the two. Um, I really do. I believe that the, I believe the clay itself has a spirit internally and that I, my asking, my higher self is kind of asking the clay what it wants to be. And then there's this kind of beautiful dance that happens between, you know, and that goes for any type of medium or material because I also make jewelry and I feel the same way I work with the gemstones and the gemstones also they have really powerful spirits and they're all different and so again there's this whole process of kind of dropping in to ask you know what is the most you know and again I feel like the most exalted the most beautiful the most elegant the most graceful form that you can take you know and I ask and I really do consider them living beings also you know, whether it's gemstones or clay, I really do um, look at what we call the material world as a living entity and that, you know, all of the quote unquote things in our lives do have a life of their own. And um, I know that there's some really beautiful, um, especially in kind of like traditional Japanese culture, again, that there's a kind of idea. And I can't remember, I think I heard this on travel with Rick Steves on like um, NPR or something where they were talking about being in Japan and there was this family in Japan and there was this whole idea of, um, you know, somebody who would like, you know, they were like frustrated and they kicked a chair and they're like, don't kick the chair. You know, the chair has a spirit. You're hurting the chair's feelings. You know, it's just like this really powerful idea of, of this life imbued with spirit. Um, and instead of thinking about dead material objects, we really actually approach the world as if everything had a life. And I really do believe that. And I try to embody that. And I also very much want to share that with other people. And I think, again, my creations hold that spirit and that intention. And so I, I really, it is my hope that the people that decide to, to work with me or to like have a creation of mine in their homes that that will that spirit and that presence will be there oh my gosh I love that I love that answer and I love this perspective that you say everything has a spirit because I'll I, I take that too I walk around my house often just talking to like objects like I talk to my crystals all the time or like my pendulums or like just like a, so um you know just hearing you say that makes me think like well maybe I'm not crazy like <laughs> Um, obviously there's tons and tons and tons of ways to be creative, to express your creativity, to, um, you know, to do that. So if somebody was, you know, and I think that this is probably something like you said, we could do with any medium is really just, um, ask like, what are you wanting to create? Right. We can use that with any medium, but, um, Maybe if you had somebody who came to you and they're like, Susanna, I don't have a creative bone in my body. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know where to start. Like, I've not been creating. This isn't something I normally do. Um, do you have kind of like a direction that you point them in? Is that kind of something that you do with people helping them develop creativity? Or are you more like 
helping with the healing through your creativity? Um, I would say, I would say both. I would say, I think my focus has kind of historically and traditionally been more healing through my creativity, but I have also worked with others to help them to get in touch with their creative spirit. And I think, you know, I think one of the things that we can start looking at is just sensory information. Like some people are very visually oriented, but some people are more tactile and some people are more auditory, you know? So it's almost like, kind of like, what do you like? Do you like to listen to a lot of music? Do you like to look at art? Do you like to, you know, and another thing that I really like to, actually, I was just talking to someone recently who was saying, oh, I really have always wanted to do pottery, but I haven't, you know, I don't have time or I don't have a space or whatever. And, you know, I, I had to share, you know, that clay is very easy to come by. Like you can either just go out and get some mud from your backyard or you can go to art supply store and get clay for, for next to nothing. And just, you can just hold the clay in your hand. You can just, just, just hang out with the clay because that's what I did when I first started. I didn't, even though I was very inspired by Japanese tea ceremony and like wanted to make pottery, I also just loved the sensation of the clay in my hand. And I was so focused on just enjoying that, that um, I was not as attached to any type of like end result or actually making anything. I was much more focused on just being with the clay and just enjoying that whole essential process of having the clay in my hand. So it's like, hey, you can just go get get yourself a little lump of clay and just and just like, you know, make, you know, not even make something just like, how does it feel? you know, just get into the feeling of it. And I would say the same thing, like if you're more visually oriented, you like want to get into paint, you know, you're like, you don't know how to, um, you know, start painting. It's not like you have to focus on creating a painting. It's like, maybe you just get a, a brush and some watercolors for like five bucks at like your little shop. And then you just, you just paint, you know, like what color do you like? Do you like blue? Like take a really pretty color blue and just kind of just, put it on the paper, you know, and, and how does it feel and how does it, you know, because that's really where it all comes from is, is, uh, is just hanging out with these, you know, because we're as humans, I think we're just so gift. We're so gifted, not with, not in a talent sense, but we're, we're fortunate, I would say, um, to be able to work with all of these different beautiful colors and textures and shapes and things, you know, I mean, there's just so many different ways to engage and, I think moving away from a kind of results production oriented, like, you know, I mean, again, I mean, I think it's been kind of drilled into us that we have to be results and we have to like make something that it's like maybe somehow a waste of time if we're just expressing, but, but that is like a really, um, I think damaging fallacy. It's like not true, you know, really just, really enjoying the process of just taking a paint brush and dipping it in some blue for watercolor and just like you know put it you know painting it across the page and like just like exploring the texture of the paint and the paper and just like and it it, it will lead you it will certainly lead you somewhere um and then the other aspect i also i mean i'm sure many of the listeners and you as well are familiar with julia cameron's the artist way but 
I need to just say again that that book is a wonderful door doorway and gateway into um, further creativity through all these beautiful prompts and writing and just exploring your artistic self. I really can't recommend it enough. And I have um, worked with it for years and I have seen some wonderful results with some of my acupuncture patients actually who have felt creatively challenged or blocked that I have like recommended they try the book and it's um, a 12, it's almost like a 12 step program for recovering artists. And actually I learned that Julie Cameron actually kind of designed this book around that. But um, people who have really gone through that entire uh, book, I have seen at least three or four examples over my 15 years of practice, people who have really taken it to heart and gone through it. Absolutely life-changing. Like not, I'm not exaggerating when I say that it revolutionized their entire life in like a really good and really powerful, beautiful way. So, so I can't say enough good things about that, um, that work as well. Oh my gosh, that's incredible. Thank you for sharing that with us. Um, I wrote down a question here and I think you already touched on it, but it's like, why do we think we have to be one good at something to do it? Because that's, that's a story I tell myself too. Well, I'm not good at doing that. So I can't do it, you know? And also we're always very outcome driven and less focused on the process. Like you said, um, you know, just hearing you talk about just getting mindful and like appreciating the, the materials and the feels and, and, tapping into the senses and really experiencing the creation process instead of driving to get to the outcome. Like you said, we've pushed that so hard as a society that, um, what are we producing? What are you producing? I'm not producing anything. I'm just doing this for fun. Well, why, you know? So, um, yeah, you bring up such an important point, but, you know, coming back, like, why do we think we have to be good at something? Because that's held me back. I know in my own creative journey or over my own lifetime so many times like um you know I love music always a story well I can't sing I can't you know I'm not musical it's like now that I've hit this certain age I'm like I run all over the house singing my kids are like mom will you please stop (laughs) like no I'm singing all the time and so um and it's it's just like even that practice, whereas I know I'm not like good at it, I'm not going to go be like the next Celine Dion or, you know, anything like that. But just that practice of just being like singing and feeling free to like, just let your voice out has been brought like so much joy and just like so much lightness and, you know, being able like at the, you know, the other things that I'm created have been like writing, like writing was a big thing. Well, I can't write, I can't write. And even just, well, you're not writing a darn, you know, best-selling screenplay, you know, you're not writing a New York's bestseller right now. Like just, just put some words on the paper. So I really love that you bring that up. It's because we feel like either, like you said, if we're not going to be producing a masterpiece or something, this result, then it's like, why, why would we do that? You know, but it, you find the healing and the joy in the journey. (laughs) Truly. And I will add that, um, you never know, you might actually create a masterpiece. Like, you know what I'm like? So that, I mean, that's the thing is like, you have to be kind of open also to the possibility of, of some type of success or some, and, but that all comes from having that patience and that kind of presence, um, you know, cause it doesn't happen overnight, obviously either. Um, so, so yeah, but I think, you know, those two different questions that you were kind of posing around a, why do we feel like we have to be good at something? And B, 
why is everything so results oriented? They kind of answer each other because that's the whole thing. It's like we have to feel like we're good at something because we're so results oriented. We have to be productive. And I honestly, I mean, you know, I'm not trying to politicize this, but I think it's definitely has to do with kind of the whole capitalist model. You know, it has to do with this whole idea of being a member of society that is producing something that, and you're going to make money so that you can be a good consumer. And, you know, I mean, it, it, there's really like a lot of um, like the paradigm that we've been kind of taught by our culture as it stands right now, I think it is, is very, very much kind of informed by that model. And so I think, you know, and this kind of really feeds into, I mean, it, there is a political aspect, you know, like climate change and like all of these different aspects of the way that we're you know, hurting ourselves, hurting each other, hurting our planet. I think it really does tie in with that model of of being and trying to be like good and trying to be productive and trying to like, you know, you know, the only thing that we can do that's useful is some type of, you know, income generating, you know, I mean, that is just so bogus, <laughs> you know, it's just so wrong. Um, and so like, again, just like, it, and you know, there's definitely a fun aspect to it, but it's also exploration. So it's all about self-discovery and self-knowledge and just really again just allowing giving ourselves permission to just to just be and to fully experience the moment to have that sense of connection to have that sense of gratitude and just flow like get into a flow state I love that you bring that up and we could probably create a whole nother episode talking about you know, like the old paradigm and what I hope that we're seeing that shift into. But yeah, like I think of the term that I'm just seeing around right now going like hustle culture kind of thing, like, you know, that that hustle that they that they teach you in order, like for all the reasons that you said. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's that's an important thing, too. Like I said, we could probably have a whole nother conversation around that. But I'm really glad that you brought that up because that's that's something within my own life that, you know, I've come from that. You know, you work hard, you, you know, be productive members of society that I'm now shifting, like, my perspectives and my beliefs. And I'm like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Why does it have to be like that? You know, why can't it? why can't it flow and we can, you know, show up and just, yeah. Anyways. <laughs> so what I would love to know now is you showed me before we started this beautiful, beautiful piece of custom jewelry that you had um, put together. I would love to hear more about, you know, what you do, what your, um, you know, different offerings are that people can come and either work with you or they could come and check out what you've got. Mm -hmm. Well, um, we can start with the custom jewelry piece. Uh, one of the things that I, uh, when I felt called to kind of start working with silversmithing and, and jewelry, um, it came from like almost a lifetime, like since I was a teenager, I would say, so not a whole lifetime, but I have been drawn towards gemstones and crystals and have developed relationships with many gemstones and crystals and even just the mineral kingdom, um, again, over many years. and. Uh, have always appreciated gemstones and crystals in many in many different ways but as i started to pick up silversmithing as a passion and also just working with silver as a metal um, being a really powerful and transformational journey for me i started to kind of realize that my interest in healing was also very connected to the jewelry that i create and um, i have had the wonderful 
experience of being able to offer jewelry creation to some of my acupuncture patients, for example, um, where I have a patient that's working on, you know, for example, like someone who has anxiety um, and has a hard time sleeping and working with them on creating not just a like picking a gemstone that will really help remedy that anxiety and that difficulty sleeping and then you know crafting it into a pendant that they can wear that will then remind them of you know the fact that it's okay that they can rest that they can sleep Um, and because the energetic properties of the gemstones create a kind of grid around us whether we're aware of it or not and so when I work with the gemstones and I create jewelry I am trying to channel information from that grid and bring in the intention of the people that I'm working with to craft the work so um, for example like if you were going to ask me to to make a piece for you, we could talk about some of the things that you're trying to manifest in your life, or maybe something you're trying to let go of, or something you're trying to like protect yourself, or something you're trying to bring in. I mean, there's so many different angles, and it is all different for each individual, but it's so beautiful to try to um, craft this picture and then very intentionally go through a process of calling in those things using gemstone and a piece of jewelry that is infused with that intention. So as I create and as I make a piece of jewelry, I have the system where I write these cards of an intention cards and I'll like post them above my space where I'm working. And it will say, you know, like with this um, piece that I just made for one of the people I work with, it was it was working with the stone Larimar, which is all about kind of like the energy of the dolphins. It's like a playful, loving, light, water, like Caribbean vacation kind of vibe stone and also Atlantis. So it's like a very deeply um, healing water stone and it's kind of like ancient wisdom stone. So I kind of brought in all these different threads of information from what I know about the crystal and my relationship with the crystal, but also the person that I'm working with and what she wants to bring into her life. And then using all of those different threads, I kind of wove them into actually three pieces of jewelry. We made a bracelet, a pendant and a ring. Um, And so I'm about to send them off to her and I'm so excited because I know that when she receives them, she's going to be able to put these things on and really embody those properties of the stone as well as our intention in creating these jewelry jewelry pieces. So I just love that. Um, and I feel like I can offer, um, you know, a counseling session where we can figure out what stone might be the best based on what is happening in your life that you would like to, again, either call in or let go of, or, you know, whatever type of um, energy is present that we're working with. And then kind of decide whether you would like a ring or a pendant or a pair of earrings or whatever it is. And, um, and then kind of co-create that because I'm, I, I think in everything that I do, I love collaboration. I love community. I love working with others. And so custom work for me is just such a high ideal and high level of realization about, about collaboration. And it's so much fun to do. I absolutely love that. Um, 
And I've also, you know, with pottery, I've done um, custom work. Like I've made like goblets for weddings to be used in wedding ceremonies, or I've made special vessels that people use for cacao ceremony, you know, just like ceremonial vessels, um, you know, or even tea, of course, tea ceremony vessels or, you know, Japanese and Chinese style tea ceremony, like teapots and cups. And, um, but throughout all of the work, there's just kind of this intentionality and the sacredness. And so I love, again, I love working with other people to kind of co-create and dream up. Um, Cause you, you never, you know, it's like, I might never have thought of some of the things that you might bring to me when you have a certain type of vision or request. And then we can kind of you know, create something that's completely new and beautiful together. I love that. Wow. So cool. So everybody's going to have to go um, and go customize a piece of jewelry with Susanna. (laughs) So where are we able to find you at online then if if anybody wants to connect with you or follow you on social media? So um, I'm mostly on Instagram in terms of social media and my Instagram handle is at Susanna's Arts. It's S-U-S-A-N-N-A-S-A-R-T-S. So it's um, Susanna's Arts and it kind of, you know, encompasses all of my arts. I mainly post pottery and jewelry on there. Um, And then I also have a website, which is www.susannasarts.com. And then you can kind of look at all of my different offerings and services there. I do also, um, I do off, offer um, consultations of, uh, you know, Eastern medicine and divination. I work with the I Ching quite a bit, as well as um, Chinese astrology. Um, but then I also have um, some things I've already made, some pieces of jewelry and pottery that are very much infused with loving intention. Um, so I do sell things as well that are not custom work, but I have such a deep passion for, for custom work that I, I, I love to share that as an option. If, if anyone out there is interested, please contact me. You can email me about it. Um, and I have a newsletter that I do that I can send out um, little healing and wellness, mindfulness tips, et cetera. So cool. If you are not a manifesting generator, I don't know what type you are. (laughs) I like to throw my human design in there. Um, So I just have to say, this has been incredible. Everything's going to be linked up in show notes. So if you want to connect with Susanna, you can scroll right down and you can connect on her website, find her on Instagram. As we kind of close out, did you have any kind of final words or final message for our audience? I would say that we are all creative beings and as human beings, we are inherently creative. We are creators and I would advise people not to be intimidated by the creative process and to follow your creative dreams. And uh, I think it's very important to not get attached to outcome and result or not to put too much pressure on yourself, but just to enjoy the process of being a beginner and just to have your hands in the clay or your brush in the paint or just listen to the sound of you're strumming a ukulele or a guitar and you have no idea how to do any chords, but just the sound of the, the strings. You know, the sound of the strings just in itself, um, you can get lost in that. The more you're able to get lost in those very basic 
aspects of any art, the more of a master you'll become in the long term. And that's not to say that in any type of pressure way, but just to say that that the most fundamental basic parts of any type of art or craft that you might want to approach are the essence of that. And I think most of us have you know a shorter attention span we want to skip ahead we want to get to a place where we can do all of these things but but the real wisdom my um my taoist and qigong master used to say always the slow way is the fast way so we'd like learn a new new qigong or tai chi form you know people want to skip ahead they want to learn all the moves in one day but what if you just spent a year learning the basic like what if you just spent a really long time learning those basics and fundamentals and just and enjoying that, allowing yourself to just relax into that and feel a sense of gratitude, feel a sense of presence, feel a sense of um, connection. And that is, I think that is the most um, important thing I can share is just to, to allow yourself to feel that presence, to feel that connection, to feel that joy. Um, to take time in your daily life to appreciate what's around you and to um, stay connected. Mm, so good. I'll tell you what, I think I needed to hear that message because I'm trying to teach myself to play guitar and I'm like, I'm going to be able to play a song already. And I'm like, <laughs> so if anybody else needed to hear that, um, I know for sure that I did. So thank you for that. Um, what an incredibly revolutionary thought as you were talking. I'm like, Christy, just spend some time just like, learning the notes and like you don't have to come out playing like you know stairway to heaven <laughs> in a week <laughs> so thank you for that so I really hope that you've enjoyed joining us today for this episode please reach out to myself to Susanna let us know your takeaways let us know what you enjoyed and most definitely go and check out the wonderful offerings that Susanna has, because I know I'm going to be doing that. So Susanna, again, thank you for giving your time for being here with us today. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Hope we can talk again. Thank you for joining me today for the Self Project Podcast. Come and connect with me over on Instagram at underscore Christy Martin. And let me know what your takeaways were and what you want to hear more of. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any of these awesome episodes. Leave a review if you love the show and I will see you next time.